0: I'm Paul Heron, and this is episode 47 of the Ani Isdine podcast. In 1962, East Isdine was invited to read selections from Henri Michaud's drug-inspired Miserable Miracle, which was published in 1956 as an English translation of the French. In the book, Michaud describes his experiences with mescaline and hashish and takes the reader on a voyage of inner space, both verbally and visually, something Neen was attuned to even without the use of drugs, despite her one-time use of LSD in 1958. In this newly restored recording, Neen reads the original French, while her lover Rupert Pohl, a former actor, reads the English translation. I hope you agree that it's quite a performance by both of them which conveys the nature of Michaud's then revolutionary book.
1: When I visited Henri Michaud in Paris, he gave me a message for you. He said, tell them it is not poetry I am giving them, it is the infinite. Henri Michaud is 63 years old and one of France's major and most prolific poets. When I visited him, he also told me how he had been experimenting with drugs, taking them rarely, and spending much time, sometimes years, in between, working at perfecting the expression and description of his experience. For these, he created a language of his own, as you will see in these excerpts from Miserable Miracle, written after taking mescaline and hashish. I will read the French and the English translation by Louise Varez will be read by Rupert Paul. Tout à coup, mais précédé d'abord par un mot en avant-garde, un mot estafette, un mot lancé par mon centre du langage alerté avant moi, comme ces singes qui sentent avant l'homme les tremblements de terre, précédé par le mot aveuglant. Tout à coup, un couteau. Tout à coup, mille couteaux. Tout à coup, mille fausses éclatantes de lumière, certies d'éclairs, immenses à couper des forêts entières, se jettent à trancher l'espace du haut d'en bas, à coups gigantesques, à coups miraculeusement rapides, que je dois accompagner intérieurement, douloureusement, à la même insupportable vitesse, à ces mêmes hauteurs impossibles, et aussitôt après, dans ces mêmes abyssales profondeurs, An écart de plus en plus excessif, disloquent, fou. Et quand est-ce que ça va finir, si ça va jamais finir? Fini. C'est fini.
2: Suddenly a knife, but first preceded by a vanguard word, a courier word, a word launched by my language center which receives the warning before I do, like those monkeys who feel earthquakes before men. Suddenly a knife, preceded by the word blinding. Suddenly a thousand knives, suddenly a thousand dazzling scythes of light, scythes set in flashes of lightning, enormous, made to cut down whole forests, start furiously splitting space open from top to bottom with gigantic strokes, miraculously swift strokes, which I am forced to accompany internally, painfully, at the same unendurable speed and up to the same impossible heights Then immediately afterwards, down, down into the same abysmal depths, with the ruptures ever more and more monstrous, dislocating, insane. But when is it going to end? If it is ever going to end. Finished. It's finished.
1: Des Himalayas surgissent brusquement plus haut que la plus haute montagne, effilées, d'ailleurs de faux pics, des schémas de montagne, mais pas moins haut pour cela, Triangle démesuré, aux angles de plus en plus aigus, jusqu'à l'extrême bord de l'espace, inépte mais immense. Tandis que je suis encore à regarder ces mots extraordinaires, voilà que se place la poussée intense qui me tient sur les lettres M du mot immense, que je prononçais mentalement les doubles jambages de ce M de malheur, s'étire en doigt de gant, en boucle de lasso, qui, démesurément grandes, s'élancent à leur tour vers les auteurs, arche pour impensable et baroque cathédrale, arche ridiculement élancées sur leur base, demeurée petite, c'est du dernier grotesque. Assez, j'ai compris, ne pensons à rien, ne pensons plus, le vide et s'y tenir quoi. Ne donnons pas à une idée, pas une pièce à l'engrenage fou, Mais déjà la machine a repris son mouvement à cent images minutes. La machine à Himalayé s'est arrêtée, puis reprend. De grands socs de charrues labourent un espace qui s'en fout. Des socs démesurés labourent sans raison de labourer. Des socs et à nouveau les grands faux qui fauchent, le néant du haut en bas, à grands coups qui seront répétés cinquante, cent, cent cinquante fois. Jusqu'à ce que les accus soient à plat.
2: Himalayas all at once spring up higher than the highest mountain. Sharply pointed, but false peaks. Diagrams of mountains, though not less high for all that. Inordinate triangles with angles ever more acute. To the very edge of space. Idiotic, but immense. While I am still looking at these extraordinary mountains, the intense urgency that possesses me Having settled on the letters M of the word immense, which I was mentally pronouncing, the double-down strokes of these miserable Ms begin stretching out into the fingers of gloves, into the nooses of lassoes, and these in turn, becoming enormous, shoot up towards the heights, arches for unthinkable Baroque cathedrals, arches ridiculously elongated, resting on their unchanged little bases. It is utterly grotesque. Enough. Enough. I've understood. Don't think. Don't think at all. Vacuity. Lie low. Don't give it ideas. Don't give the mad mechanism a spare part. For already the machine has resumed its movement at a hundred images a minute. The Himalaya-producing machine had stopped, and now it starts again. Great plowshares plow up a stretch of space which doesn't give a damn. Enormous plowshares plow without any reason for plowing. Plowshares... And again, great scythes mowing empty space from top to bottom with enormous strokes that will be repeated 50, a 100, a 150 times until the storage batteries have run down.
1: Au bord d'un océan tropical, dans les mille miroitements de la lumière argentée d'une lune invisible, parmi les ondulations des eaux agitées, variant incessamment, parmi les déferlements silencieux, les trémulations de la nappe illuminée, dans le va-et-vient rapide martyrisant des taches de lumière, dans le déchirement de boucles et d'arcs et de lignes lumineuses, dans les occultations, les réapparitions, dans les dansants éclats, se déformant, se réformant, se contractant, s'étalant pour se redistribuer encore devant moi et avec moi, en moi, noyé, Et dans un insupportable froissement, mon calme violé mille fois par les langues de l'infini oscillant, sinusoïde allemand envahi par la foule des lignes liquides, immense aux mille plis, j'étais et je n'étais pas, j'étais pris, j'étais perdu, j'étais dans la plus grande ubiquité. Les mille et mille bruissements étaient mes mille déchiquetages.
2: On the edge of a tropical ocean, in a thousand reflections of the silver light of an invisible moon, among undulations of restless waters, ceaselessly changing, among silent breakers, the tremors of the shining surface, in the swift flux and reflux martyrizing the patches of light, in the rendings of luminous loops and arcs and lines, in the occultations and reappearances of dancing bursts of light being decomposed, Recomposed, contracted, spread out, only to be redistributed once more before me, with me, within me, drowned, and unendurably buffeted, my calm violated a thousand times by the tongues of infinity oscillating, sinusoidally overrun by the multitude of liquid lines, enormous with a thousand folds. I was, and I was not. I was caught, I was lost. I was in a state of complete ubiquity. The thousands upon thousands of rustlings were my own thousand shatterings.
1: Le bout sensible de la langue au summum de sa jouissance, si ce bout de la langue devenait instantanément un gros, gras hippopotame rose, plein entièrement de cette jouissance, et non pas seulement un, mais sans pesant hippopotame ventru et dix mille truies énormes l'étang des porcelets déjà grandelés, pressés contre leurs flancs rebondis, et tout cela entassé les uns contre les autres, et que le summum de jouissance ainsi étalée et multipliée fut uniquement d'être rose, 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 stupidement, maniaquement, paradisiaquement rose, à hurler, à moins que d'avoir l'âme putain et la veule jouissance d'y succombait. Ainsi, je voyais rose J'étais à plein bord dans le rose. Le rose m'assiégait, me léchait, me voulait confondu avec lui. Mais je ne marchais pas. J'aurais eu honte.
2: Like the sensitive tip of the tongue at the height of its enjoyment, if this tip of the tongue became instantaneously a big, fat, pink hippopotamus replete with that enjoyment, And not only one, but a hundred big-bellied hippos, and ten thousand sows suckling already biggish little pigs snuggling against their swollen flanks, and all this huddled together one against the other. And if the height of the enjoyment thus spread out and multiplied were solely the fact of being pink, 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 stupidly, deliriously, paradisiacally pink, pink enough to make you howl, unless you had the soul of a whore and took a flabby pleasure in yielding to it, that was the way I was seeing pink. I was up to my eyes in pink. Pink besieged me, licked me, wanted to confound me with itself. But I refused to fall for it. I'd have been ashamed.
1: Si quelqu'un devait s'habituer à la mescaline, mais elle fait plutôt peur, fait que nous ne devenions pas fous, priaient les Mexicains, en allant au dieu du peyote, après jeûne et continence. Ce serait bien par les périodiques et ineffables naufrages qu'on y subit. L'épuisement dans la jouissance qui suit l'acte d'amour est parfois appelé petite mort. Comparé à elle, l'extrêmement petite mort de la mescaline est comme la première par rapport à la grande mort. Tant elle est discrète et douce, mais on en subit des centaines dans sa journée. De petite mort en petite mort, des heures durant, de naufrage en sauvetage en va succombant sans inquiétude toutes les trois ou quatre minutes pour ressusciter doucement, merveilleusement. Seul un long soupir qui en dit long à ceux qui savent annonce les nouveaux sauvetages. Mais la traversée continue. Une nouvelle mort se prépare dont on va sortir pareillement. On est comme si on avait un autre cœur dont la systole et la diastole se produiraient quinze ou vingt fois l'heure. Cependant, Existant ou non, l'organe infatigable refait ses forces et son drame. Il faut y participer, quoi qu'on soit déjà fatigué. Et à la quatrième minute de son cycle, soulagé, vous poussez le soupir qui termine l'abstraite étreinte. Ainsi j'allais moi-même la dernière fois que je lui livrais mon corps et l'outil qu'on appelle ma tête. Ce fut aussi la fois de la fracture béante, et pour longtemps peut-être béante. Ainsi qu'il arrive avec une femme possédée, mais de qui on restait indépendant, lorsqu'un jour, par une sorte d'inattention ou d'attendrissement plus grave que l'amour, vous vous abandonnez et elle entre en vous à une vitesse de torrent et pour n'en plus sortir. Parfois, un escalier de verre, un escalier en échelle de Jacob, un escalier de plus de marche que n'en pourrait gravir en trois vies entières. Un escalier aux dix millions de degrés, un escalier sans palier, un escalier jusqu'au ciel, l'entreprise la plus formidable, la plus insensée depuis la tour de Babel, monter dans l'absolu. Tout à coup, je ne le voyais plus. L'escalier qui allait jusqu'au ciel avait disparu comme bulle de champagne. Et je continuais ma navigation précipitée, luttant pour ne pas rouler, luttant contre les succions et les tiraillements, contre des infiniment petits qui tressautaient, contre des toiles tendues et des pattes arquées. Par moments, des milliers de petites tiges ambulacrées d'une astérie gigantesque, se fixaient sur moi si intimement que je ne pouvais savoir si c'était elle qui devenait moi ou moi qui étais devenu elle. Je me serrais, je me rendais étanche et contractée, mais tout ce qui se contracte ici promptement doit se relâcher. L'ennemi même se dissout comme celle et dans l'eau. Et de nouveau, j'étais navigation, navigation avant tout, brillant d'un feu pur et blanc, répondant à mille cascades, à fosses écumantes et à ravinement virevoltants qui me pliaient et me plissaient au passage. Qui coule ne peut habiter. Le ruissellement qui en ce jour extraordinaire passa par moi était quelque chose de si immense inoubliable, unique, que je pensais, que je ne cessais de penser, une montagne, malgré son inintelligence, une montagne avec ses cascades, ses ravins, ses pentes de ruissellement, serait dans l'état où je me trouve plus capable de me comprendre qu'un homme.
2: Should a person become addicted to masculine, though it is more apt to be too frightening, grant that we do not go mad was the prayer of Mexicans who, after fasting and continence, sought the god of the peyotal. It would certainly be for the periodic and ineffable shipwrecks one experiences. The exhaustion that follows the act of love is sometimes called the little death. Compared to it, the extremely little death of mescaline is like the little death compared to the great death. So discreet and gentle, but one suffers hundreds of them in the course of the day. You go from little death to little death for hours on end, from shipwreck to rescue, Succumbing every three or four minutes without the least apprehension, only to be gently, marvelously resuscitated once more. A deep sigh, which speaks volumes to those who know, is the only intimation of new rescues. But the voyage continues. A new death is preparing from which you will emerge in the same way. It is as though you had another heart whose systole and diastole occurred fifteen or twenty times an hour. Meanwhile, real or not, the indefatigable organ renews its strength and its drama. And though already weary, you were forced to take part. And at the fourth minute of the cycle, you give a sigh of relief, which marks the end of the abstract coition. And so it was with me the last time I delivered up my body to it, and the instrument that is called my mind. It was also the time of the gaping fracture, and gaping for a long time, just as it may happen with a woman you have possessed, but from whom you have nevertheless remained detached, until one day, through a wave of tenderness, graver by far than love, you surrender yourself, and she enters you with the swiftness of a torrent, never to leave again. And so that day was the day of the great opening. Forgetting the tawdry images which, as a matter of fact, had disappeared, I gave up struggling and let myself be traversed by the fluid, which entering me through the furrow seemed to be coming from the ends of the earth. I myself was torrent. I was drowned man. I was navigation. My hall of the constitution, my hall of the ambassadors, my hall of gifts, and of the interchange of gifts, where the stranger is introduced for a first inspection, I had lost all my halls and my retainers. I was alone, tumultuously shaken like a dirty thread in an energetic wash, I shone. I was shattered. I shouted to the ends of the earth. I shivered. My shivering was a barking. I pressed forward. I rushed down. I plunged into transparency. I lived crystallinely. Sometimes a glass stairway, a stairway like a Jacob's ladder, a stairway with more steps than I could climb in three entire lifetimes. A stairway with ten million steps. A stairway without landings. A stairway up to the sky. The maddest, most monstrous feat since the Tower of Babel rose into the absolute. Suddenly I could not see it any longer. The stairway had vanished like the bubbles of champagne. And I continued my navigation, struggling not to roll, struggling against suctions and pullings, against infinitely small jumping things, against stretched webs and arching claws. At times, thousands of little ambulacral tentacles of a gigantic starfish fastened to me so compactly that I could not tell if I were becoming the starfish or if the starfish had become me. I shrank into myself. I made myself watertight and contracted. But everything here that contracts must promptly relax again. Even the enemy dissolves like salt in water. And once more, I was navigation, navigation first of all, shining with a pure white flame, responding to a thousand cascades, to foaming trenches, and to gyratory gougings. What flows cannot inhabit. The streaming torrents that on this extraordinary day rushed through me were so tremendous, so unforgettable, unique, that I thought I never stopped thinking. A mountain... In spite of its lack of intelligence, a mountain with its cascades, its ravines, its streaming slopes would be in the same state I am in now, and better able to understand me than a man.
1: Je regardais dans un magazine ces étonnants plongeurs des nouvelles hybrides, qui, retenus, plus ou moins, par de longues lianes, se jettent d'une tour rustique d'une quinzaine de mètres, tête baissée vers la terre, où ils atterrissent ralentis, mais pas toujours assez. Je voyais les distances, je les appréciais, comme si j'avais été là-haut, celui ou avec celui qui devait sauter. J'avais le vertige des auteurs, et la page tournée, je restais encore au sommet à cette hauteur impressionnante. Je ne savais pas alors que le sentiment d'être en l'air et léger était une des impressions propres au hachiche. L'histoire du tapis volant est une vieille réalité en Perse et en Arabie où le chanvre, depuis des siècles, fait planer dans les airs et parcourir les cieux.
2: I was looking through a magazine at some photographs of those amazing divers of the New Hebrides who held back, more or less, by long lianas, leap head first from a rustic tower 50 feet or so high, landing on the ground and slowed down, but not always enough. I was conscious of the distances. I estimated them as though I were up there on top of the tower, myself the man, or with the man who was about to jump, even having the sensation of dizziness, and even after turning the page, still feeling myself on top of the tower, still at that terrifying height. At the time I did not know that the sensation of floating in the air, of being weightless, was one of the characteristics of hashish. The Flying Carpet is not just a legend, but an old reality in Persia and Arabia, where for centuries Indian hemp made people float on air and travel through the skies.
0: This has been the On the East Need Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until the next time.